Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports on KOA. All right, welcome to the program. Broncos Country Tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is our KOA Centura Health text line at Albright NFL at R. Edwards Radio, the station, of course, at KOA Colorado. What a fun day it was out there. Day one of Broncos training camp. We'll be breaking it all down with you over the next three hours. And we've already got a poll question up. We'll get to all that here in just a matter of moments. But first, hi, Benjamin. Oh, you got to turn it help if I turn my microphone on. How about oh, that? Oh, man. Yeah. You know, after I gave you all those, all those compliments out of the interview with Quinn Miners. Yeah. And- yeah, I was having a day. I was, uh, you know, it was almost as bad <laughs> as you first naming the coach yesterday. <laughs> well, see, now, our guy Prophet said that wasn't such a big deal, and I'm inclined it's a, to it's agree. It's a media faux pas. Like, like yeah, the media, you're going to get clowned yeah. by all of us, but like, uh, you know. Uh, all those media hacks around the room are going to get it. You know, oh, you guys are on a th- you guys are going to Twin Peaks and split a plate of wings now. You and uh, you and Nate Dizzle, huh? Mm-hmm. Nate Dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that T-shirt coming along? I got one for each of them. Do you? One that says Nate Dog and one that says War Room G <laughs> for George Payton. <laughs> I retweeted that. It, there was a moment where I stood stood there holding my phone, saying, "I can't, I can't support Ben on this." But then I said, "No, you know." After hearing Nathaniel Hackett say today that when he was a ball boy for the Chiefs, he sang Regulate mm-hmm. as his song at the yeah. whatever the rookie thing they do. Yeah. I was like, okay, yes, you 100% have to do something like that for them. Yeah, I got, uh, I'm got. i getting T-shirts made up with uh, block printing. Then Hackett says Nate Dogg, he, and George Payton says War Room G. He sang Regulate. I told you that we, we this started out. You know, this started out like months ago because I talked about this, and I was like, "Which part did he do, though? Did he do the Warren G or did he do the Nate Dog part?" Well, he had to do the Warren G part, right? Maybe, maybe he sang the Nate Dog part while somebody else rapped it. Just got in on the the chorus kind of maybe, thing. Maybe I don't know. We need these are the hard hitting questions yeah, that the follow up the, the tight knit journalism at Broncos Country tonight will find out. Or for did you. he do like both parts? You know, like like if I had a million dollars. By Barenaked Ladies, like if you do, because I remember I used to play that acoustically, and I would do both parts. So I don't have right, somebody right. else singing with me. People can hear you right now. <laughs> People, we're, we're just, live. People can hear you. You can't edit this out. People can hear you right now. I'm just saying, like I'm embarrassed for you. It's a, it's, it's a two part song. You need two singers, and then did he do both parts? He might have. I mean, he might have. I, I don't know. I think he probably did. I'm if, more interested in this Bare Naked I, Ladies concert you were putting on or attending put, or song that you put, actually listened to. I put, I put $5 on that. I put. You, oh, you were the Looties now. You'd put 5 on it? It's a big deal for me. But I'll put something on it that he did both parts. All right. We're going to find this out. Yeah. I'm sending a text right now. <laughs> you should. We'll find out. I'm sending a text right now. <laughs> All right. We got a really fun show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to hear from Nathaniel Hackett here in just a matter of moments. Russell Wilson spoke to the media. Watch practice. We have some breakdowns, some thoughts on that. Uh, we have Quentin Miners 
Joining us is 6.35 tonight. As we mentioned, we had a chance to catch up with Quinn off the practice field. Really fun conversation. Got into some depth on his process and coming from what he was in college all the way to now a starting right guard in the NFL. Really cool stuff. Quinn Miners is 6.35. George Trurie at 7.05. We usually check in with George, get some thoughts on some of the big picture look of the Broncos. Got our NFL six-pack a little early tonight, 735, because we're going to do something really fun tonight on the show. We're going to play audio of us breaking down practice. We told you guys that we're going to try to do this a little bit this year, where we're going to record our segments, a couple of segments, while watching practice. So in the 8 o'clock hour tonight, you're going to hear those segments where we recorded two segments, watching practice, breaking down some things we were seeing. I I will say, before we get too far down the road, that is a lot more challenging than it sounds. It's not so much about identifying and seeing the play develop all those kinds of things. It's sometimes your view, your vantage. Our angle's a little obstructed, and you'll hear me talk about that. Uh, Multiple times. Well, because they'll, they'll shift to the far side of the field. Right. And the, the players put up, a, like, a wall. And so where we're standing, you're, you're on your tippy toes trying to see over these six-foot-five athletes well, into that, the corner that, of the end zone. That's even seeing beyond our media brethren who like to stand right outside our I tent. Know. And, uh, and you know. That's got the most shade. Congregate. Yeah. I can't blame Well, you. I do throw the most shade. See, I, I teed you up there. Come Stock, on. Stockton to Malone. Can we have a better duo than Stockton to Malone on that? Just because both those guys are problematic now. <laughs> yeah, right, we can't. <laughs> we got a better duo for that. Yeah. We got to find a better, a better duo. duo. That's, 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 a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. So anyways, yes, we have a really fun show for you. So 8 o'clock hour, uh, really cool. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's day one of it. It will only get better as we go along. Certainly right off the bat, it seemed like it. And, and I'll add one more thing. We didn't know what Nathaniel Hackett practices were going to look like. And in fact, I'll tell you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look on this. So we recorded the first segment, and then we thought, then they went to special teams. Mm. So we're sitting there, and historically, special teams are a very long, unnecessarily long segment, mm-hmm. right, of practice. And not here, not with Nathaniel Hackett. It was a relatively quick, I'd say five, maybe seven minutes and then we were right back into team. I know you and I had like scramble to get back to doing what we were doing because yeah. we, we thought you know we, we were used to. But does Tom McMahon have the lowest reps to production <laughs> of any coach ever? Confirmed. Yes, confirmed. <laughs> they, special teams got so much work, so much when he work, was so much work, and it was so bad. And, and it's going to be interesting too to compare that, right? Compare what we're seeing out there in training camp with special teams to their actual performance. Because you would think more equals more. More practice mm-hmm. time, more reps means they're going to be better at it. But that is definitely not the case with Don McMahon. They went way more, and it was bad. Special teams were really, really bad. Broncos, across the board, ranked near the lowest in the NFL in many categories. So we'll see with Dwayne Stukes, with the a lot of time he gets on special teams, how that will impact things. Overall picture of practice today. We'll start here with Nathaniel Hackett talking about the pace. This is something you brought up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Here's Nathaniel Hackett on the pace of practice today. You know, it's fine. We talked about that. Uh, you know, as a coach, you want to get as many reps as you possibly can, but you want to do it within the confines of taking care of the players. Um, but this, the whole thing is based off that QB. So how those guys run the practice is how it's going to look. So I think that, you know, as we keep moving forward, get used to it, used to the play calls, keep continually mastering the system, I think they're going to be able to go maybe a little bit quicker, uh, maybe slow it down some. I mean, 
once again, it's all about that quarterback. And as fast as he wants to go, I want to go. What do you think about that? Going at the pace of the quarterback for practice? Uh, I think there's value to that because if you're trying to accelerate and the quarterback doesn't have it, then you're messing up the rep for everybody. So I think there is value to that. But I will say that today's practice and the pace of practice was significantly slower than it was under Vic Fangio and Gary Kubiak. Now, it was more organized than Vance Joseph for sure, but uh, it was slower. It was not as crisp. It was not as fast-paced as those practices were. Whether that picks up over time remains to be seen. It's one practice again. We don't need to be sitting here panicking about practice. All right, it's one unpadded practice. But uh, I do think that uh, there's an inherent value to making sure that everybody is good to go, and specifically the leader, the executor of the play. The quarterback knows what's going on. So going at the pace of the quarterback does make sense from that perspective. Bill, here's from the quarterback what he thought about today's practice. It felt like a game, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, we were getting after it, um, you know, ones versus ones, uh, just to go back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, the speed of it all. Um, and that's how we practice all, you know, um, you know, OTAs for the most part. You know, it was just uh, high level, you know. It's, this, is, you know uh, this is why it's great to be here, just because of the high level of practice guys are putting into it. Um, like I said, anytime you, you, you want to be successful, you got to put the work in. There's, there's, no, there's no magic pill. There's no hidden tricks. There's no nothing. It's just, are you going to do the work? Are you going to do everything it takes? Are you going to sacrifice every day? And that's what we're doing. That's what we've done. And, and what we did today doesn't mean anything tomorrow. And what we did today doesn't mean anything tomorrow. So I'm excited about it. Uh, it was so cool to see the fans out here today, too. This is my first time. Obviously, my first practice. I feel like uh, it was my rookie year all again. But I don't know. I got about 3,475 days of experience on top of it. So it's, uh, it feels all brand new, but yet also um, something that I've, I I, uh, I feel like I've always dreamed of, you know, just to continue to just do what I love to do. So um, every day, you know, I, I, I get to focus on joy and just loving the game that I get to play. So grateful to be here. Thank you guys so much. And uh, go Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah. And that was the last answer. He had a couple other ones that I liked that part that he brought up that it felt like a game out there and the situational practicing they did Something you and I jumped out to right away. Listen, overall, big picture look of practice, there were a lot of differences today from what we've seen in the past with previous coaching regimes. There were a lot of differences. And I'm going to tell you about those differences and why we think they're a good thing when we come back. But first, let's get a quick check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. Broncos training camp day one. Find all of our content, broncoscountrytonight.com. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That way you never miss an episode of it. And while you're streaming us, hopefully on the iHeartRadio app, click on the microphone in the upper corner. Leave us messages. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. So, Russell Wilson said it felt like a game out there. That's because they were practicing situational moments from a game. There was no skeleton, no seven-on-seven seven out there. They didn't do a lot of individual drills, no wide receiver versus cornerback, no in a phone booth with the offensive line, a defensive lineman. They might do that when pads come on, sure, all mm-hmm. those things. But I'm just saying, like, day one of training camp, we're used to seeing some staples mm-hmm. out there. They weren't out there. And there was a lot of chirping, a lot of chirping, a lot of energy, even on one moment, and we didn't get a chance to break this down when we did our uh, recording earlier, but uh, it was Eric Saubert, caught a touchdown, went to Gronk spike it, 
Ronald Darby ran up from behind him and knocked the ball out before he could spike it. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was. Uh, and I couldn't help but notice that Darby did not actually catch that ball. Um, but, you know, no, I'm kidding. I'm and sorry. And the Sabre, by the way, ran I'm after sorry. it. Now, now he's just catching, now he's just catching yes. friendly fire. i got to stop doing that. Yeah, the Sabre um, ran after grabbed it, and then eventually... Respiked it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just kind of funny. Um, yeah, it, you know, competition is something that Coach Hackett has harped on from the get-go. He wants, to, he wants to breed competition all the time. Competition breeds excellence, right? Competition makes us all better. Quarterback competitions make everybody better. And Ryan, you, you know Ryan is deep buried in his phone when I can get away with a statement like that unchallenged. But you have no idea what I said, do you? Nope. Quarterback challenge, quarterback competition makes us all better. I wasn't paying attention to you. I know. Um, and, and for the record, guys, MVP Brett Rippon, future MVP Brett Rippon, did throw a touchdown today. Um, he did. Montreal, Washington. He did. In the back of the end he zone. He did. I, After Montreal had a drop earlier. Yeah. I, I, I think that having this competition and, ha- and, and keeping the guys competitive, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I talked about the the pace of practice maybe being slower, but the intensity wasn't less. You know, even though guys, we we talk about the atmosphere and having fun and the pace being slower, but the intensity wasn't lesser. And I think that's an important distinction to make uh, when we're talking about this because uh, I don't want people to think that oh, well, Nathaniel Hack's just throwing a party out there. I mean, they, you know, I mean it's not Pete Carroll. There's not a DJ out here. You know, there wasn't uh, wasn't any of that kind of stuff. So. But it was fun. The music was fun. Yeah, the, guys the music being back was the, fun. I the, mean, for me offense. it wasn't because I had to edit the audio out of everything in, in order to make sure that uh, nothing gets you know DMCA copyrighted. So yeah, the off the offense and the defense were were back and forth early on in practice, and you'll hear this tonight. Early on practice, it was all about the defense. Justin mm-hmm. Simmons getting the tip interception off a of Kwan Williams deflection. You saw multiple PBUs. Um, errant throws from the offense, but they dialed in. And this is a little bit of something that I, I wondered about with Russell Wilson specifically and and his sort of ability to raise the floor of this team. The offense isn't – I don't think the offense is going to have really bad days. Like, it looked like it might be a quote-unquote bad day. And if we were looking at the prism – through the prism of, well, this is Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater or Case Keenum or Joe Flacco, we would have said, yeah, this is what we expected from the offense. That first part of practice would have been like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought from the offense. They're going to be bad. Hopefully they can get it together. But then they, they sort of turned it on in part because of Russell Wilson's play, his accuracy in the red zone, and his ability to maneuver in the pocket – then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, this is what the offense could look like. And so I don't worry as much about the offense I, as I have in previous day ones. And again, it's never overreaction, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm never worried about it until I get like 10 days in. I, yeah. I don't formulate. I go to blank slate. I, I erase everything, and I'm like, all right, we're starting here. We're ground zero. They weren't sharp today. The offense was not sharp overall. It they was improved. Not. They had some good plays. There were some flashes in there. They got better than they were from the beginning, but it, it wasn't good. A swing pass to Mike Boone towards the end of practice not, on the, the far right pass. side. I think, I'm not even charting hey, that. Man. I'm not even charting that. That's a swing pass. It's like it's like charting a drag. You're not going to do that. You don't you don't do that. Um, as far as as far as that kind of stuff goes, I, I, I charted it. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> that's because you're you. You and Andrew Mason both charted it, and the rest of us are like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I, no, I, I it, it like for that kind of stuff. I'm not I'm not looking at that. It just it wasn't it wasn't a sharp day for the offense. But you'd expect that. It's a brand new quarterback working with these guys. And yeah, he's got some work in this offseason, but you're still working with these guys relatively new. You know, whatever work you went and got out in San Diego, you certainly didn't get full contact with with the defense in your face and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I you got a, a brand new head coach, a brand new offense, a brand new quarterback. It's fine. 
It's it's okay. We get into we get into practice number seven, and we're we're talking about the offense still not being sharp. Then it's time to worry. Then it is time to start asking those questions. But for uh, right now, it's like, hey, let's build on this. On the KOA Central Text Line five six six nine zero, who's running at ones on the offensive line? Well, Quinn Miners who's going to join us coming up at six thirty five, playing right guard, right tackle is Calvin Anderson. We expected that, especially because Billy Turner is on the pup. Also, Tom Compton, as we found out, is also on the pup, and that's why they brought back Cam Fleming more than anything. I thought initially when the Cam Fleming thing happened, I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, they're really worried about Billy Turner. No, it's it's more it for me. It's more of a well, we're without Billy Turner. And, and Tom, Tom Compton. It's both of them. That's what it is. Uh, Billy Turner is going to be longer than people think as far as the, the injury stuff goes. Um, I, I really, and I'd like to reiterate this. I've, I've said I thought Calvin Anderson was going to win the job. I really, really, really believe that Calvin Anderson is going to be your week one starter at right tackle. He's got a huge leg up now. Uh, I think he's going to have several weeks of legs up. You you feel like you're celebrating a win here. No. But I, I, I think the Broncos country should be celebrating a win because the best guy is going to get the job. <laughs> You're, have you ever been wrong about anything? I thought I was wrong once. It turned out I was mistaken. Center is Lloyd Cushenberry. No surprise. Uh, with the ones, yeah. With the ones today, he was. Well, that was the question. Yeah, was okay. the ones. Lloyd yeah, Cushenberry. Trying to run through the, it was right guard Dalton was Reisner. Reisner, and then Cush, and then, yeah, uh, Reisner, and, and of course, Garibalds. Yeah. So that was the ones. And, and, and that's mostly as expected. During OTAs, we saw Natani Moody getting some time with the ones. When Reisner was a little dinged. Yeah. Lasko's still working with the twos. I think he'll eventually work into some reps with the ones. We'll mm-hmm. see if it's whether it's center or otherwise. I think Quinn Miners is the right guard. I don't think, I think we can kind of stop debating that. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to say that. I, I think that that is, I think that's the second safest guy on the offensive line. Yeah. I think Garrett Bowles at left tackle and Quinn Miners at right guard are the two, you can put them in ink. That, the rest of them, you know, I think Calvin Anderson, you can put, uh, you can put in dark pencil. And then the other two spots is just kind of a question mark. We'll see if they're able to hang on to them. Well, Cushenberry, until we haven't seen competition at the starting center. No, so but I'm we, saying we just that keep expecting it's it. It's not advertised, but you can tell by the way by who they're signing and the way they're divvying reps up on the second unit. That they're trying to figure out who those guys are, and then they'll you know. But that, I'm okay with them pushing him. See that there's a, there's a, a really important distinction. We've been talking about Lloyd Cushenberry's job not safe for a very long time, and there are people in the media, including yourself, who are saying, no, I don't think he's going to keep the job, so on and so forth. But the fact remains, we haven't really actually seen a lot of real competition there at center. Quinn Miners got some time last year, but he wasn't ready to be a starting center, and now he's a great offensive guard. Mm -hmm. So until we see competition there, he's the guy, and they haven't made any kind of inclination whatsoever to push him out. There has not been a moment where I felt like Lloyd Cushenberry isn't the guy so far this offseason or even today. Well, okay. So until I see it, I'm, I'm not well, going mean, to— it's practice one, so I can't, really, I can't really rebut that with anything other than like conversations that I've had, and they're definitely going to push both of those spots. But that's okay. I'd rather than push—push, push, that's fine. Mm. Lloyd Cushenberry is the incumbent, and he's the guy that's been working with Russell Wilson all offseason. Right. So on, until further notice, he's the guy. But I, it's something I mentioned on the sports— Like Garrett Bowles was the guy— and they didn't push him ever, but he was the guy until until you just didn't have to question it anymore. Well, I mean, they brought people in, but it never really, yeah. you know, it wasn't real. The, the, the I, I talked about it in the sports zoo for a second. The lowest yards per carry for the Broncos last year came A-gap left and B-gap left, right? Um, and for those that don't know, that's the center's left shoulder and in between the guard, left guard and left tackle. Mm-hmm. And the lowest pass rushing grades they had we're in those exact same places, and that's two very specific people. And so, you know, they, I think that they definitely 100% want to push those guys. They might not be advertising it, 
but they are doing that. They're they're putting together and they're looking at the the second team guys. They're looking to see who's going to be the guys, and then they're going to push with them. We'll hear more from Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson coming up in just a bit. But Quinn Miners joins us on the other side at 635. Here are his thoughts on day one of Broncos training camp. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright. It's Broncos country tonight on KOA. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Have you heard back from Nathaniel Hackett on this? Not yet. I'm desperate to know. No, but I did reach out. We're going to find out. Did he sing both parts? He sang both parts. Well, rapped and sang. Sure. I don't know, man. I feel really good about this this bet. I feel like he did the Warren G part and not the Nate Dog part. You want to put something on it? Yeah, I'll put a little something on okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. Put a little, uh, well, you don't eat steak. I'll put a little salad on it. Okay. Yeah, I love salad. Taking a Mad Greens for dinner so you can graze. <laughs> yep, it's like going to my backyard. Welcome back. Broncos country tonight. Ryan Edwards, Benjamin Albright, 303-713-8585 is our phone number. 56690 is our KOA and Health text line. Hit us up there. Stream the station on the iHeartRadio app. Click on that microphone in the upper corner, our talk pack. We'd love to hear from you. We had a chance to catch up with Quinn Miners following today's practice. Start out by asking him, how day one go? I think day one went went pretty well. I think things were, were rolling pretty smooth already on, on on the first day, and I think we kind of really picked up where we left off finishing uh, OTAs. Yeah, I felt like, especially when you guys got in the red zone, second half of practice, it really seemed like things started to dial in. Was there something different for you guys, just kind of getting in the rhythm of things? Uh, I think it was just, you know, feeling that, that sense of urgency and, you know, staying on top of our communication and just, you know, sticking, sticking to our fundamentals because day one, you know, you're – you know, not not so crazy of an install. It's more of the basic stuff. You're kind of still getting out here and feeling everything. So it was good to just nail, you know, really nail in and dial in those details. Different coaching staff, second year in the league. Now you're starting at right guard, getting the, you know, getting the snaps right there. What's the difference between this year and last year in terms of not just prep, but the overall atmosphere and mindset of, you know, jumping into this thing? Um, yeah, my mindset is, is a lot different. You know, I was saying, I was saying over there that, you know, when I first came out here to training camp, this this is similar to a game day experience in Division Three Whitewater. <laughs> you know, it's it's similar to a game day experience. I'm like, holy cow, I'm I'm playing a game right now. Like this is crazy. So, um, all of the unexpected things and things I guess I couldn't necessarily prepare for because I had no knowledge, previous knowledge. Being able to know that all these fans are going to be here, know that all the media people are going to be here, um, and also like just my knowledge of the game has improved a lot since last year. Um, being able to quickly identify defenses, which is something I didn't really have to do before. Um, so there was there was a lot of learning that I had to do last year, and also last year I was playing still a new position. I was everyone thought I, everyone thought I was a center, and I was playing center too. So it was a lot, a lot, a lot of new things. And now I can come into this camp with using all that knowledge I have now. Yeah, about that. I mean, are are you? I guess more or less happy that you're settling into a guard position right now, or do you sort of feel like you'd like to see some reps? Do they have a plan for you to see some reps at center? Yeah, right now, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm pretty happy with playing guard. You know, I was really 
as the games progressed last year, as I was starting at right guard, I felt like I was kind of improving slowly each week, and I was starting to get feel pretty confident, especially in that last game against the Chiefs. Um, I mean, I'm still constantly working center. Um, center will never go away as playing a guard because you, you can never have, you know, too much versatility in being able to play all three interior guys. So um, that's a skill I'm going to keep, keep with me. And um, honestly, playing center last year helped a lot because it forced me to learn the defense. It forced me to learn all the calls, and, and it opens the picture so much more that it makes it so much easier to play guard. At what point in the journey did you think this NFL thing was going to be a, a real thing? You know, you mentioned coming up from UW-Whitewater. It's a, it's a far cry from the NFL. It's still good football, but it's still a far cry from the NFL. At what point did this thing crystallize? Like, hey, I, I got this. I could be a starting right guard in the NFL. <clears throat> yeah, it happened, it happened a long time ago, and it was we had this, like, junior spring day, and, you know, a couple of regional scouts from the Packers, uh, Bears, and uh, Vikings were there. And I ran a 40 in our indoor track with some random tennis shoes, and I ran a 5-1 with no previous – I didn't know how to do a start. I didn't know anything. And I ran a 5-1. And these scouts are looking at me going uh, – so that was kind of the first moment where it's like, hey, we might not want to look at this guy. And then um, a story that came out um, eventually – I'm not sure if Broncos country knows about it, but there was a, a scout um, when I was a sophomore in Whitewater, and he was scouting one of our centers that was uh, you know, was a Remington Award winner undrafted to the Tampa Bay. And he went up to our head coach and goes, who's that guy with the, with the belly over there? And, he, and our head coach goes, you're going to want to come back in two years and see him. And when, that's, when I re-remember re- that story, it just made sense that, that, you know, to come back here and, you know, finally play football for the Broncos. So, Did you feel, and, and going back to your conversation about the center, did you feel like that helped you? You said it helped you learn the position, learn what you were supposed to do. Do you feel like it helped you in your draft stock and, and way the Broncos and a lot of teams started view? Because I remember after the Senior Bowl, it was just the entire league was talking about you, not just because of the video you at the trees and all that stuff, but they were also talking about you because, hey, this guy's got a lot of versatility. This, we could plug him in his center tomorrow. Right. I mean, I was able to – I mean, I was practicing center in my backyard during COVID. Um, and so when I got the call, hey, you want to – you know, we're, we're inviting you to the Senior Bowl – and I was like, let's go. Let's, like, I'm excited. Like, let's do this thing. And then all of a sudden I looked at the roster and I was like, I only see one center, and that's Creed Humphrey. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna be probably going to be playing center. So, um, no, it was, a, it was a great opportunity. I took advantage of my opportunity because I spent a year preparing for a, an opportunity like that. And, yeah, I mean, I think that definitely increased the stock instead of just being a guard. Can this guy play center? Because that, you know, even last year, you know, you're preparing me as a backup. I'm backing up all three positions. Now we can have a swing tackle and maybe bring different players in. So it's an important skill to have. Well, two questions here. One, is there more of a confidence in that, that you're dialed into one position this year, kind of that starting right guard? And two, how does it feel? The fans gravitated to you right away as the brand, the belly, all that kind of stuff. They gravitated to that part right away. But now they're gravitating you this season to something else. They saw the tape last year. They saw you play. And now they're excited about your play as a football player, not just the brand, you know, Quinn Miners, the belly kind of stuff. How does that feel to you as a person? <clears throat> yeah, so narrow, narrowing into a, one spot is, is, is huge because you can really dive into the, the, the details of – of what you're asked in your in your position and also adding little things of your own personal game to it and you can constantly work on that and you can work on your footwork and you're just when you're constantly working at one thing you can really really um get good at that so last year you know it was it was me trying to get good at all three i'm playing left guard i'm playing center i'm playing right guard i mean last year i started left i had to come in during the jets game and play left guard i started the left guard against the, the ravens then went right guard later center in the preseason so um yeah, it, it helps. It helps build a lot of confidence, and, and like I said, like you, the second question, um, 
I like being more recognized for my play than, I guess, my physical feature that I have. <laughs> it was funny that everyone kind of gravitated towards it. It was kind of a positive, fun thing. Everyone had to have fun with it. Um, but now it's time to make it all come together with the play. Definitely. Last one I have for you. I uh, just want to ask you about the, this offense. Now, you go from last year where, you know, you had Teddy Bridgewater, you had Drew Locke, and then you get a, a future Hall of Famer in Russ Wilson. And not that there's a specific comparison I need you to make, but what's different for the offense? What's different for you, your confidence level, the confidence level of this offense with having Russell Wilson here? Yeah, I mean, this offense, everyone that's, everyone's talking about is the, is the outside zone running off the ball thing, and that was, that's been the biggest um, change for me is just picking an angle and, and just running at it. I know I can do it. It's just now it's kind of changing a mindset of, of things that, I've, that I learned um, before, but I, I think I'm an athletic enough um, player that I can do anything that I'm, that I'm asked for. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, having Russell Wilson – um, in the huddle, I mean, as a natural position of the quarterback, you're always going to be a leader, and you're and you're listening, and you're dialed into what to what he's saying. So, um, my job is is very simple: is protect him and be dominant in the run game. Quinn, really appreciate it, man. Thank awesome. you. Have a good season. All right, there you go, Quinn Miners. Joining us earlier, get that interview up at broncoscountrytonight.com. We'll react to that. Hear more from Nathaniel Hackett when we come back. But first, let's get a quick check of traffic with Katie Mitchell. Great conversation there with Quinn Miners. You asked a great question there. A couple of great questions. I don't mean to sound patronizing, but that you was... You sound surprised, sir. I was, I was standing there as we were talking to Quinn. And I was like, that's a great freaking question. And he gave you really good answers, especially talking about his early college days mm-hmm. and, and getting noticed by scouts. That is stuff. And we've had him on. We had him on during the pre-draft process. Mm-hmm. And then we had him on a, a couple of times last year. And that's a story I'd never heard. Yeah, that was good. It was a story uh, Broncos country had never heard before, but, uh, you know, and him out there running the 40 and running a 5 1 and some other dude's shoes and stuff. And, Incredible. You know, just uh, just some just some fun stuff. So, you know, occasionally I can get a good answer. That was good. Somebody. It was good. It was really, really good. And, and I hope if you guys are just joining us right this moment, go check it out, broncoscountrytonight.com. But I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you, you never miss an episode. We got three hours for you tonight. Of course, we'll have a more podcast for you tomorrow. Uh, tonight in the 8 o'clock hour, very fun opportunity. We recorded segments during practice, sort of breaking down some of the things we were seeing. So you guys will have a chance to sort of hear it as we saw it. And get a feel for how practice is. I mean, it's the best we can do. We're trying to give you, you know, the live feel, even though, we, of course, we, we aren't on, you know, this happened earlier, but it gives you kind of the live feel of how practice was going, what our impressions were in the moment instead of, you know, having the moment to reflect on things and then, you know, maybe forget things or let things slip through the cracks. So Exactly. So uh, we'll get to all of that coming up here. That's in the 8 o'clock hour. George Rory joining us at 7.05. A couple of interesting things from practice today. Nathaniel Hackett talking about the helmets. They had these, like, foam rubber helmet things. I'm sure if you guys, you can go to my Twitter timeline. I had a couple of pictures of it at R Edwards radio, the offensive line, the defensive line, some key players had these massive helmets. So we'll hear from Nathaniel Hackett talking about this, is a mandatory thing from the league, by the way, we'll hear from Nathaniel Hackett talking about, it and then the guardian ask, helmets. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it, but here's Nathaniel Hackett talking about it. Those are sweet, right? Yeah, no, it's a protocol thing from the league. Uh, we're going to wear those, I believe, up to the second preseason. I think it's the second preseason game that we're going to do that. And, you know, I mean, we talk about the team all the time. It's about protecting the team. And, I mean, if that's going to help anybody, 
I mean, hey, we're going to do it. And, you know, it was funny. I was talking with uh, Coach Dixon out there, and he was talking about how, you know, some, you know, stuff happens. Everybody's playing as hard as they can. And, you know, I think it gives a little more protection to a quarterback if all of a sudden his hand comes forward and it's a little bit softer than a helmet. Um, so I think it, there's, there's nothing really bad besides they're not necessarily the best fashion statement. I was thinking about wearing one, but I, I decided not to. But, um, but, no, I'm excited for the guys, and the guys did great with them. Yeah, they, they weren't fashionable. I mean, certainly had cries of Wes Welker's massive helmet. But again, he's talking about health and safety. I love this point there, and I didn't even consider that when we were talking about it on the podcast earlier. Hmm. The fact that you, once in a while the quarterback's hand's coming forward and you're in practice. and Elbows you, hit helmets, yeah, hands hit helmets, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. a good thing. So what, what did you think about that? I, I think safety's good, and I think that uh, if you're looking at those helmets and the way they look, they're getting ludicrous safety. So it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a Spaceballs reference in there. Um, I'm, proud, I'm proud of you. I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I don't think it, 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 look, does it harm anything? Is, is it in any way detrimental to you learning or playing football? No. Does it provide a safety aspect? Yes. Then it's a net benefit. And what are we even talking about? Exactly. So, well, and so the fashionable nature no, I mean, of it. Well, I mean, who cares? It's, I don't, that's the other thing I don't, I mean, I know everybody wants to throw back uniforms and cool. I'm, I'm here to help you with that. But uh, I, I just don't care about football fashion stuff. I just don't care. Yeah. I, I've never cared. I never will care. And you should tell those kids on your lawn that. Oh, they, I told them to get off. Okay, good. I, I figured it's all in the same vein, right? I mean, if those kids have been playing, they're up to no good, and they well, also just walking across it. You stay on the sidewalk. What are you doing walking across my manicured exactly, lawn? Exactly, and and then simultaneously they want their their, their, their boom new boxes, jerseys and their all boom that boxes stuff. and yeah. their disco music, <laughs> <laughs> the flim flammery, <laughs> tomfoolery. Exactly. All right, so that's Nathaniel Hackett talking about the the helmets. So people were asking about that. Uh, the other thing here from Nathaniel Hackett, and this is something that we noted earlier uh, when you when you listen to the podcast coming up here in a little while. It's a little bit different. Most of the time, end of practice, they get together in the huddle. Some players go off and sign autographs. Some go hang out with their family, and then there's maybe a few. I don't know, receivers sticking around, returners, right, doing some individual stuff. Well, they had some teamwork, some actual teams out there, 11 mm-hmm. on 11, with the third stringers. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Hackett said this is a thing that he's been doing for a little while. I've never seen this before where practice is finished, and it's like, all right, all the rookies, third teamers, some second teamers, you guys are going to go out there and practice a little bit more on your own, and then basically rep a lot of the the series, some some red zone, whatever. You're going to do that for another ten minutes. So here's what Nathaniel Hackett said about that. Yeah. So whenever you're working through these things, you know you always focus on really two groups. You know because you want to jump from one thing. I I get bored fast. So I want to jump from one thing to the other and move around and move the field and do all that stuff. And sometimes there's some guys that are just they don't get enough reps. So I've always liked that we started doing this uh, a while back, and I just like being able to now focus on the guys that might not have gotten as many reps. And let's face it, those guys are going to have a lot of opportunities in the preseason, so we want them to be ready. So that's why we do that. No, I dig it. I absolutely dig it. And and again, you we talk about the word innovation, right, when it comes to the younger coaches and the way they approach the game. I think it gets thrown around a little bit too much. I think we get a little... I don't know, too clever with those kinds of things. But mm. in this case, that's an innovative way to look at practice. That's an innovative way to look at training camp. And he's 100% right. Those guys are trying to audition during a lot of these preseason games. People mm. rag on the preseason, especially when you get into the second half or fourth quarters. I mean, you don't recognize some of these players. You don't right. even they, know any of them. Right. They're so desperate for bodies, they got me out there. 
and and we know what that looks like. It doesn't look pretty. It's not great. So to give these guys some extra reps in training camp that doesn't impact your starters getting mm-hmm. ready for the season, it's a big deal. And, and you you know, you talked about Gary Kubiak and the, the tempo of practice, right? He would sometimes do the mirrored practices on two different mm-hmm. fields. We haven't seen that in a little while. Nathaniel Hackett's not doing that either. He's focusing in on first team goes out, second team goes out, those kinds of things. This gives them an opportunity to say, hey, we ended practice about 15 to 20 minutes early. Guess what we're going to do with that 15 to 20 minutes? The third teamers are going to get a chance to get some extra reps in so they can get ready for the preseason. I just felt like they should have lined up and tried to throw it out of bounds. I feel like spending 20 minutes on... I just teed this whole thing up for I know, you. And... I know, I know. No, I, I, it is. It is, it is a, a, a different way of thinking about it. I don't know if innovative is the right word, but certainly different. Um, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'm interested to see if this format is exactly what they're going to go with and, and how they're going to go with this going forward. It's only been one practice. So, so the idea that we're just assigning things, you know, um, and, and, and making blanket statements based on one practice is, is kind of, you know, abhorrent to my nature. But, you know, I, as, as far as seeing that happen this time, I'm like, okay, all right, I can get behind that. On the KOA Central text line 56690, Ben, I don't care about football fashion. Also, Ben, orders a replacement gold suit and a three-pack of deep Vs. Yeah, I, I care about regular fashion. <laughs> uh, we're, but, you know, I'm at, when we're out there, when we're out there uh, at war on, in between the trenches, I, I don't care what I'm wearing. At war in between the trenches? Yeah. What are you, NFL films all of a sudden? I need to be the, the Steve Sable, like the, <laughs> the, the, the autumn wind music. You know, yeah. go the autumn wind in a time. is a writer in the world. <laughs> at war in the trenches. Listen, Hansel. <laughs> All right. George Drury joins us next at 705. It's Broncos Country tonight on KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.